I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, October 17th, 2021, and this is episode 142 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is... um, I did an Instagram takeover of author Samantha Shannon's Instagram. It was part of um, a program by a small press in England called Onwe and uh, hashtag share the mic, which is when it's like to promote diversity. And I think the original uh, share the mic was in all kinds of industries, but this is share the mic publishing. So there, it took like white women authors with really big platforms and they allowed black women authors with smaller platforms to take over their page for an entire day. And I did that and it was kind of nerve wracking. Um, these kinds of things, you know, like all week long, I was like, what am I going to post? And I planned it out and I, I knew what I was going to do before, you know, before, cause I have to plan these things. I can't just spontaneously do them. Like, it's interesting. Some things I can spontaneously do. I can, I don't prepare for like public speaking anymore. I mean, I do prepare for workshops and, and things, but if I'm on a panel, I know that I can just wing it. But things like this, I mean, I planned out all the posts and what I was going to do. I did a day in the life and uh, behind the scenes, I actually recorded it the day before just because, well, it was a more interesting day than that Thursday was. And also just so I knew I'd have it, I could review it. Um, and yeah, I just felt way more comfortable. So it, it was a real day in the life. I just recorded everything the day before and posted at about the, the same time the next day. And then I did a couple of posts on her page. Um, so the, this was the Instagram stories were a day in the life. So the ones that leave after 24 hours and she posted that she would keep them up for a week on her highlights. And yeah, it was really, it was fun. It was really interesting to experience what it's like to have an account with 35,000 followers, because I have, I don't know, two to 3,000 Instagram followers. Like, I, I got a bunch more after this, of course. But at this point, as I'm recording, I think it's still under 3,000. 35,000. So I hadn't turned off all the notifications when I got access to her account. And it was just like, like, constant notification. So quickly turned those off. And um yeah, it's just overwhelming. Maybe one day I will know what it's like to have that many followers. Um, Instagram used to be a goal of mine, like a strong goal. Like I want to actively increase my Instagram followers. And I did try for a while and I did increase them. You know, I, I met those goals, but it was exhausting. And I, you know, I would rather write. I was on a Zoom call with my agency siblings. So my agent has office hours now. She has regular Zoom calls, which is really great. It's a good chance to, to see people and talk to people, um, not just her agents, but other clients. I mean, not just her clients, other clients of the agency, KT Literary. And one author, we we talked something about self-publishing and, you know, when is a good time to do that, you know, because obviously everyone with an agent is trying to be traditionally published for some things, but some of us are hybrid. And there was one author there who's like, yeah, you know, I, I just am not interested in self-publishing because I just want to write. And I can appreciate that as I continue on this process of, of self-publishing um, a book, Savage City, which is moving right along, uh, which I'll talk about soon. But at the same time, even with traditional publishing, you can't just write, you know, that it's still a myth. Like, yes, you don't have to find an editor and find a cover designer and go back and forth with them and find the keywords and the categories. I mean, there's 
a whole lot of things you don't have to do. But the idea that if you are traditionally published, you can just write is, I mean, I guess you could. For some people, success comes instantly and without very much effort on their part. And maybe, and those people can probably just write. Although even those people, like I see them on social media and they're at events and they're doing things. And for the rest of us, the mid-list, for whom success, like amazing success does not come immediately, you know, we're trying to figure out what we can do to push things a little further. And, you know, Instagram, there's a whole conversation somewhere on TikTok. Uh, I still refuse to download the, the TikTok app. I do not have an account. Conventional wisdom is that you should at least get accounts with your name on all of these new things. But I haven't even done that. So if someone else takes Leslie Penelope, I will probably feel bad. Are there any other Leslie Penelope's in the world, like with my spelling? I would like to meet them. I know there's other Leslie's. Um, I have a good time when I find them. Like there's another author, Leslie Walton with a L-Y-E. Um, Leslie Headland is, uh, she was one of the co-writers of Bridesmaids and she's a, like a, does TV and films. And I follow her just because her name is Leslie. And because one of the TV shows she did, Terriers, which was on, I think, FX. One season, fantastic show. It should have had more seasons. So yes, Leslie Power, L-Y-E, let's go. If there's any other Leslie Penelope's, I'd like to meet them. <laughs> so yes, that was um, that was fun and nerve-wracking. And, I, and I'm so grateful to Samantha. And Samantha Shannon is the author of The Priory of the Orange Tree among... She's another series, but that's the gigantically huge fantasy book that you'll see on the shelves. Um, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of words it is. But yes, she was very gracious to join this and allow me to take over her page. And I'm very grateful to her. Other authors who were involved are more like Holly Black, Madeline Miller, um, Emily Henry, like a lot of really big authors with really big platforms. And it was organized in Britain. So a lot of the Black authors were British, but I did recognize like um, Roseanne Brown and uh, Jordan Afuenco. So I think it was a, it was a great event. It was a great um, effort to you know, try to do something to introduce their audience to authors they might not have heard of or known of. And um, yes, I'm super grateful. For my writing update, I'm working on Savage City, which is the uh, futuristic paranormal romance that I will be self-publishing. Got the basically final version of the cover. It's only not final because I don't know the final page count. So when you do a paperback, you have to know the final page count because that determines the spine width and the actual dimensions of the cover. Uh, and I haven't finished revision. It hasn't been proofread so or laid out. And so I don't know the final page count. And that'll be a while yet, which I told him and it's fine. I think that happens. You know, you want to get the cover sooner than <laughs> sooner than that. So that's all moving along. Um, I got a little behind on my schedule because of the Instagram takeover, just taking a lot of mental energy and like the introvert energy, which, you know, yes, it's used when we're out in public and we're talking to people, but interfacing with people online drains me as well. Like a, a bunch of people were doing like ask me anythings on Instagram. There are a number of reasons why I don't do that. I haven't done it maybe one day, but A, it it freaks me out. <laughs> like, I don't mind asking me anything if it was like a QA. It, it's weird. You put it on Instagram and you make me type it. Um, and I and you can do it with videos, but and it, it just starts to freak me out. So, and I don't like typing on my phone. I don't, 
anything I can do on my computer. Like I respond to Facebook messages on my computer. I tweet, you know, I have a Mac, so my actual text messages come to my computer. I I have wrist problems and I have I'm having some thumb issues and I'm st- I'm trying not to use my thumbs at all on my phone. So now I'm trying to just do everything with my pointer finger to to ease the the strain in my thumbs. Anyway, I know you don't care <laughs> about my my weak bones and tendons, but um yeah, doing a like one of those ask me anything's in the stories was not something that I felt comfortable doing. But I want to, you know, a day in the life is something I did feel comfortable doing. So that is just one of those things. Sometimes I think it's age, uh, you know, these millennials and these zennials. Us Gen Xers just can't compete. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I obviously cannot blame it on that. It's, it's, it's me. It's just me. But even though I didn't quite meet all of my scene goals, I did a lot of good work and I feel good about it. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep keep pushing forward. There's not obviously not a hard deadline. I did send the materials to my agent. So we're on submission for the audiobook with whoever makes audiobooks, the various audiobook uh, production companies that are available. And, you know, I think it would be, it would be nice to do it myself. I would prefer not to, just because of time and effort and money. But if no one buys it, I won't be disappointed, really, because I'll be like, oh, I guess I was supposed to make it myself and just have that experience. Um, and I'm willing to invest in the audiobook because as a like, even though it's, it is something of a gamble, you know, because I do, at least for this book, I do want them all to come out, if not at the same time, then around the same time and and just see, see what I can do with that. So that is all in progress. In other writing news, I have begun research on this new idea that I had while I was on vacation. I'm going to give it a, a code name because I don't have I don't have anything yet. Um, but we're going to call it code name um, code name Merman. And I I don't know that there will be mermen in the story, but that is the code name of it. There may or may not be mermen. I got the idea while I was like near a lake, and uh, so we are calling it Merman. So I I had mentioned last week that it, it had, you know, this spark of an idea came and it reminded me of a, a story that I, you know, a video about a historical event that I'd heard. And I started researching those events. I've gotten some audiobooks that I'm currently listening to. And it's a lot of Black history and it's a lot of Black pain and it is very depressing. <laughs> the reminder, you know, some of these things I've heard of, but I haven't thought about or spent a lot of time delving into uh, in many years, probably since college. And so that's hard. And I, I, I'm not writing a book about black pain, but it's everywhere when you're writing about the, the I was going to say the past, but I mean, the present too, but more so the past. I mean, let's be honest, the things that we're going through, even with all of the, the horrible events, even with the crime and, you know, police violence and racism, it's not nearly as bad as it was. And to pretend otherwise is very disingenuous. You know, uh, literal, horrifying, horrific things that listening to an audiobook about it, just read in a very pleasant voice, is still hurtful. You know, it still brings, brings me a heaviness to think about what my ancestors went through for so long, hundreds and hundreds of years. And this is after slavery. So... I'm doing research and 
you know, learning about it and trying to find my way into the story. Um, and, and, you know, still very early stages of that, but that is where we are. A few years ago, we were in Alabama for my husband's grandmother's birthday, and we drove down to Montgomery, which is where my father was from, and I spent every summer in Montgomery, Alabama, growing up, and we went to the new lynching museum. I'm not sure the official name. I know it's not called the lynching museum, but I will look that up and put it in the show notes. And it had just opened. It was brand new. Um, and yeah, we we went through there. It's... It's hard to recommend something like that, but at least every every black person I feel like should try to go and I'm everybody else too. I mean, obviously people have short memories and you know, as I'm doing all this research on the past for the monsters we defy and this book too, which has been steeped in the past of black history in America for a while, and then looking at the way that the echoes of today, so many echoes in so many ways, but voting, you know, they're still trying to disenfranchise us just as blatantly as they did after Reconstruction. Um, the book I'm reading now is just about how the fact that many white people did not even, could not stand the idea of black people becoming citizens, having the vote, and how after slavery, they legislated, legalized slavery, you know, the work contracts, um, so yes, you're free and you can, you must be paid for your work. But the Southern states decided that that meant you had to work. You had to sign a work contract. It was illegal not to work. It was illegal to leave your job. It was illegal for someone to entice you away to another job, even by offering you a higher salary. If you left your job, you could be arrested and put to into like a chain gang or to the penal system where you then worked for free, which is still happening now. Um, and you just think about the great evil, the great evil that people did and that, and that, and that they're still doing and that they won't admit. And, um, and it makes me honestly angry to think about the people today who, who complain about words in the same way as they would complain about fists or bullets or crowbars or fire burning down their houses and burning people. Um, People were routinely destroyed emotionally, their livelihoods, their lives, their homes, all of their possessions. They were terrorized, like literally physically terrorized with with actual physical harm, not to mention the emotional damage that, you know, the ripple effect we still feel. You know, we we all have that generational pain, I think, if you are a black American, um, what is it called? Like descendant of slaves, not like an immigrant or something. Um, and yeah, just to see people complaining so virulently about things that are not the same and acting like they have the same weight and the same heft. It does make me mad. Anyway, there is a story here about Black hope and about resiliency and the things I actually want to write about. In a, and I'm, I know that I can find a way to do it while acknowledging the suffering and the pain, but not focusing on it, because that's really not what I want to do with my writing. I, I want to tell a story that honors 
people and my ancestors and um, what they went through and provides hope and is, is also entertaining and is also an acknowledgement of the way that we persist and the way that we always have. And I think that's really important. And the story is coming, you know, I'm going to find it. Even if it, it's, it's painful to do the research and to dig in. Um, there's something, there's something good worth digging for down there. National Novel Writing Month is coming up, NaNoWriMo, in November. And a past couple of years, I haven't been in a place to be able to participate. And I still don't know if, I think I will though. I think I'm in that place. Um, with this, I should give this project a code name too. I've been calling it the 1830s project. I, I will continue to do so until I think of a, a good code name that doesn't give anything away because I can't really talk about it in any other more descriptive terms, but it is another historical fantasy with black people. And, um, I need to do as much of the fast draft as possible in November and then clean up the first 100 pages for the book proposal in December. That is the current plan. And it happens to line up really nicely with NaNoWriMo. So I think I will do it. I I think I will sign up from the website. I haven't done it yet. I might not do it to like Halloween. (laughs) And I don't know if I'll do any of the write-ins or any of the, the group activities, the community activities with NaNoWriMo. They are really helpful early. Like they were helpful for me earlier on. Now I just need to like focus and do it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I've made no decisions yet. I'm just excited that I can kind of participate. And um, yeah, so much going on, so many projects going on in my head. I am having to think about four books and two stories and somehow get them all done. Not done, but be working on them to different degrees over the next couple of months, which is really difficult. And I took a webinar with Becca Syme of the Write Better Faster class. Fame, I'm going to say infamy, but infamy is negative and, and it's wonderful. So, so I don't want to say that. Uh, yeah, she did this web- webinar and the, the replay hasn't come out yet. I watched most of it live, but then I got distracted by a call. So I missed the end. Um, she always has wonderful things to say. I don't listen to her podcast and her video stuff, uh, even though I, I do recommend whatever she's doing. I think if you are interested in writing, you should check it out. But uh, yeah, there's only so much time. However, in this webinar, what, the thing that I took, re- took away and actually wrote down was that completing an intention is not a discrete action. It is a system with separate functions. So she's sort of echoing the James Clear um, statement from, or idea from Atomic Habits, his book, about creating systems instead of goals. That, you know, you can have a goal, but, you know, write six books is a goal. Okay, the system is wake up every morning at six and do, you know, 2,000 words a day. And you create systems that are repeatable, discrete things, uh, discrete actions that you can take that will lead you to your goal. Like if you do this, if you write 2,000 words every day for X number of days, then you will have enough words to make a book. And if you want to do six of them, you'll have to do that six times. So it's like something I knew, but it just said in a different way and a reminder. Another thing that she was talking about during the webinar at the beginning, she was like, how many of you want to have better posture? And I, I sat up straighter when she said that. I'm like, yes, I do want to have better posture. And she's like, did you sit up? And I'm like, yes. And she was like, okay, for the rest of the webinar, you know, make sure you keep that posture. 
And of course I didn't. So, but every few minutes she would uh, remind us, okay, keep your posture up, straighten your shoulders. And I would find myself, I, I had hunched. And so I straightened up and she was like, it's okay if you can't keep your, your entire posture for the entire hour of this webinar. Only like 15% of people will be able to do that. Or maybe it was a smaller percentage, but it's good enough that you create a system of reminders. So remind yourself every 15 minutes to straighten up. And, you know, that is progress too. And so I use a lot of alarms. I have an app on my phone um, that's called Alarmed. And it's just, it's for everything. There's a go to bed reminder at 10, at 10 p.m., which I always ignore, but it goes off every day and I have to actually physically click it off at 10 p.m. And maybe one day I'll actually go to bed at 10 p.m. <laughs> but a lot of things, it I use it a lot for like a subscription. So I have subscribed to this service and I want to cancel it in a month, you know, and so it and this day next month, I remind myself to cancel or I remind myself to clean the filters, you know, change my filters in my HVAC or change the water filter in the refrigerator, whatever, you know. And so, so should I rely even more on that during the day? I have thought about it, but I know that I have to increase my productivity because I have a lot on my plate right now. And I'm not going to be able to do that without making changes. That was sort of the the focus of her talk. What changes can I make and how can I be successful in them? Because it's very hard to change. Most of us don't change. You know, we try, make New Year's resolutions, and then January 15th, those are done. You know, those are forgotten about. So how can I create systems to change my behavior to expand what I am able to do? Or even not expand, because I, I think that's actually unrealistic. I think it's... What can I take off my plate and use that time for these other things? Because the plate is the plate. The plate's not getting bigger. I can put more on the plate and more will fall off, but the plate is the plate. So how can I make more space and then create systems to modify what I already do well? Leaning into my strengths, you know, Becca Symes is, is the strength coach. And uh, yeah, so those are things I'll be thinking about as I try to get things done. Also, I wanted to mention I binged all of Only Murders in the Building, which is a show on Hulu that my friend recommended. Uh, the season finale comes up this Tuesday, so I'm all caught up. It's really interesting and fun, and it's got Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And they live in this fantastic building in New York. I didn't know they had buildings like that in New York. I don't know very much about what happens in New York, but... um. Like there's a courtyard and this is like takes up a whole city block, it seems like. And there are some murders or a murder in that building. And they are um, true crime podcast listeners who create their own podcast and try to solve this murder. And it's lots of twists and turns. And it is very interesting. And I did. I binged all nine episodes yesterday. I had some time on my hands and I just needed to not do anything. I needed My brain needed to break. So I was like, it ended up being a good break. So Recommended Hulu, Only Murders in the Building. And I will talk to you next week. Uh, my goals, Savage City. Um, what is the name of that other book? The Monsters We Defy, Revision, Line Edits, Planning My Systems to Get Other Things Done, and um, Prepping for this November NaNoWriMo. I have, an, I have a synopsis. I need to really break it down into an outline and do some other work on it. So it's a lot of goals. <laughs> Wish me luck. And I will talk to you next week. 
for episode show notes and to sign up for the Fitnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.